Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of RT Pence. I'm Vivian. And I'm Leah. We have a lot to celebrate this week because Vivian is back in the UK. A round of applause. Ah, Crazy. (laughs) Finally back in the UK, just in time to catch Boris Johnson's madness. I mean, (laughs) Mm. I thought I was missing out on something. (laughs) Just in case. I'm just in time to catch Boris Johnson's madness. But yes, I'm back in the UK, the land of the Queen. Happy, happy to be back, Leah. Happy, happy to be back. That's really good. I feel like now you don't have to be worried. You don't have to be stressed. Because this this was such a big thing that was happening. Mm. So now you're not like as concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over the past two months, I can't believe it's been two months. It's gone so quickly. It's... It's not gone quickly, let me not lie, but every week I still couldn't believe that I was there. So I've just gone from a state of not believing that I'm in Spain to not believing that I'm back in the UK. (laughs) Just a state of surrealness for like the past two months. But yeah, no, it's it's really nice to just live and not worry about where am I going to stay? Am I going to have a place to stay? Will I get my stuff? Will I be able to travel? What are the UK doing? What is Spain doing? Leah, I was keeping up with transatlantic news. I was reading US news, (laughs) (laughs) Europe news, Spanish news, Italian news, um, UK news, just to try to get some idea as to when like places will start opening up again. I was like, well, if Italy is, if Spain is supposed to be behind Italy by like seven days and Italy have decided to do this. I was trying to be a prime minister of five different countries. <laughs> you were trying to do data, you were basically trying to do what the World Health Organization are doing. You were trying to do that in your brain. I was trying to do that in my brain. Like, okay, if, you know, the UK are doing this and Spain is doing that, then surely in about five days, I'll be able to go. And it's like, oh no, but maybe, Leah, I was doing a lot of maths and my brain was just like, relax. Just not in charge. You got you're not in control. But I'm so grateful to God that I'm here. I feel very, very blessed because I understand that there are people still stuck everywhere around the world. So yeah, I, I feel super, super blessed to be back in the UK. That is great. That is great. Honestly, I was saying to Viv when we caught up yesterday that it's like she's gone through like years worth of trauma and growth in two months yeah yeah yeah. no honestly like I never thought I've always thought that I would need therapy but for my fear of animals but like now for sure I'm gonna need therapy because there are things like even today my mom came to see me at my aunt's she's not respecting quarantine but I am um (laughs) she was like in the kitchen just talking and I was like quite far away from her in the garden just listening to her and I could feel myself starting to cry again because like I just didn't know when I would hear my mom's voice and like being in her presence two meters away or whatever distance I was away from her it was very sobering and um yeah 
I'm going to have to have some therapy. But do you know what? I know that in the future, I will look back and really appreciate this experience. <laughs> Definitely. that I think like there was a lot of life lessons learned in just... And just at least now you know that you can literally be dropped in the middle of nowhere in a country where you don't speak the language and have the passport places close and the country go into lockdown and still survive. Absolutely. Honestly, yeah, if there's one lesson that is immediate is that you are stronger than you think. Everybody thinks that you're going to crumble under pressure. You're you're not going to know how to organize yourself. You're not going to be able to make good decisions, but you are stronger than you think. You can make great decisions maybe not the best decisions but the decisions that will benefit you in that time you'll be able to make it you'll be able to find Mm. people and people are so kind I mean yes there are horrible people in the world but I'm literally only in the UK because of people's kindness in one piece safe and sound so in a weird way it's reaffirmed a lot of the things that I thought about which is that at the core of it we're all very very kind people when we have to be but yes (laughs) no that's good honestly it was so surreal because the way that you arrived was basically I have heard I heard about it afterwards I heard you basically just being like oh I'm back in London I'm back in the UK and I was just like oh okay wait what What? (laughs) (laughs) yeah what was it like for you when I told you that I was back I was just like oh my gosh oh like it it was just so random because there didn't seem to be any indication that you'd be back soon Mm. just because of the way that the offices were still being closed. Like there was no communication from them as to when things would be opening back up again. So it just, it, I was still thinking, because you know how you prepared yourself to be there until June. I was still thinking, okay, yeah. So there's a chance that Vivian will still be there until June. Mm. That was my thoughts as well. Um, Even with my, my, my housing situation, I remember I told, I told them like, I think I'm going to be here until the end of June, which was when Spain was planning to like stop their state of emergency. So I was fully mentally prepared to possibly be in Spain until the end of June. You see how in shock you were, multiply that by a hundred. That's how in shock I was when I got the call to say, listen, you need... Everything happened so quickly. You need to come and get your passport right now. From the moment I got the call to say to say you need to get your passport and get into London, it was literally like six hours. And four hours of wow. those was spent waiting to hear that my plane, which broke down, was fine. And <laughs> two hours was spent in the sky. But from the like, if if you if I removed the travel time from when I knew I I, I could go home to when I got home was two hours. So I didn't even have time to. I still I'm still processing. I'm still processing mm. everything that's happened. Do you know what I realized that I'm actually really grateful for is that we have these records because yeah. people are all talking about, oh, what are they going to tell their kids about this like historic time? Yeah. And it's like, we can literally be like, okay, go back and listen to episode 14. <laughs> yeah. And then that way you'll know how mommy was feeling. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And if there is a time to keep a journal, it's now for sure. It's now. Mm. It's now. Because you don't want to forget. I almost wish I kept a diary when I was in Spain. But you said that you were just unable to write it down. You said that you were still working through it. Yeah, I was. So maybe you needed some time. 
Yeah, I was. I was still. I was still thinking about it. But you know what? One thing. I, one thing I've since been back is how different the cultures are. As in, in Spain, it mm. was very, very normal to see people wearing face shields, the same ones that surgical um, doctors, nurses would wear. It was very, very normal that civilians would be wearing the same. And like nearly 90% of the population that I came into contact with were wearing masks. And then to transition back to the UK where everyone is just sort of like laser fair about everything. Honestly, I think it's because different countries were told different things because for the longest time in the UK, they were saying, guys, it's only the, the people that are sick that need to wear face masks. Don't worry about face masks. It's, it's only really, I think, within the last two weeks that they're now saying, do you know what, guys? Everyone wear face masks if you can get hold of them. Yeah. But people are still confused about it. I personally haven't actually gone outside wearing a face mask. My mum has a couple times. It's just... I think it's just the way that it feels to breathe in one. It doesn't feel so good. stressful. No, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to breathe in a face. Like imagine I was wearing it my whole flight. It doesn't feel good to wear, but it's so important. Yeah, I've seen a lot of studies. I've watched videos and it just makes sense to wear a face mask. It's frustrating mm. because the face mask is face mask isn't actually protecting you it's protecting other people from you if you possibly have the virus so in order for it to right. work everyone needs to wear it because we don't know who has it so we can't say only wear it if you're sick because some people don't show symptoms but they can still give you the right. infection they can still pass on the virus by breathing or speaking to you in close proximity but yeah so that was very interesting it was very interesting to see how people relate to me when when they don't they sort of they sort of look at you like you're being super extreme but you're not (laughs) like it's not extreme at all that's the thing it really really isn't the culture here and that's the thing people are saying that the normal that we're going to return to is going to be a new normal it's not going to be the same Mm. and that they're saying that handshakes and stuff is going to fall out of favor and I'm just thinking that the Japanese have been bowing to each other forever Mm. so they're just going to be like guys you see how you guys were looking at us like we were weird for bowing Mm. that's probably gonna be a way that people will introduce themselves to each other and like greet each other without having to touch and like apparently doing feet daps and stuff oh so that's going to be our new normal What's been fascinating to me is that I didn't realize how much physical touch was so important to me. Like I miss hugs. I miss hugs so much. I miss being able to feel another person's heat. Like I don't, I know it sounds really bizarre, (laughs) (laughs) but like I miss, I miss physical touch. I I believe all those studies that say that, do you know how those studies where they say if you don't hug babies, then they grow up with like really um, difficult social... Antisocial behaviors. Yeah, antisocial behaviors and stuff. I believe it because I miss hugs. I miss, like, I don't know. There's a comfort that comes with feeling somebody else's, like I said, warmth and body Mm. and breath on you. Like... It's weird, man. It's it's proper, proper bizarre. But yeah. But you can hug the people that are in your household. You can. I'm assuming so, yeah, because you're already touching everything that each other are touching. You're using the same knives and forks and spoons. You're breathing the same air. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a lot more convincing to touch. 
Like when my aunt touches me, I know that she she feels like I am a bomb because I immediately freeze up like an egg. <laughs> literally just shrivel up <laughs> she's like you need to calm down okay <laughs> and I'm like but you don't need to touch me you can explain things at a distance you don't need to contact me in that way but yeah I'm just looking forward to like having a relatively chill summer even if I'm gonna be home that's the thing yeah I think it's definitely going to be a summer where people are going to go on holiday if they are able to mm. um, in their own country. Mm. And because we have a friend, JC, who was in our last episode, he was talking about how when we're, we're given the green light and we're able to move around a bit more, he wants to go to other places in the UK. He wants to go to Scotland and see the Highlands. I think I want to go back to Wales and actually see it properly yeah. and go walking and do stuff. He mentioned Cornwall. So I think because people don't want to have to risk you know how when you come back into the country from going abroad you have to take 14 days as quarantine Mm. people aren't going to want to take that time off work or not everybody's able to work from home for those two weeks Mm. so I think there's going to be a lot more people maybe finding the joy in their own countries and you know what that's really going to be better for the for the ozone layer and like all of all of that um the gas and stuff from from air travel the gas and stuff I know it's combustion. I have, you're laughing at me like I don't have a biology, chemistry and physics GCSEs. Yeah, but they were also like 10 years ago, Leah. I'm really proud of you because you even know ozone. Some people don't even know that much about science. So as your, <laughs> your scientist friend, I'm really proud. Thank you. I just feel like the emissions will be reduced from air travel. But then again, that poses different challenges because different airlines are struggling. Because again, there's going to be a new normal. Just because we're going to be allowed to travel doesn't mean that people are going to feel confident or comfortable to do so with their families. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. But I thought that, you know, having this coronavirus crisis that we're going through, it would change like people's attitudes towards traveling. But a lot of people are still very much excited by the by the idea of traveling. Like they're not phased by the pandemic. I think as soon as they are allowed to travel, people will. Obviously now, because there are the rules of the 14 days, but if I don't know, if if by some way they can bypass those days, maybe that maybe companies will now start to implement things that people can travel and take the 14 days have to work from home. Maybe that's what companies will start to offer. I think it's because a lot of people, I think the majority of people are healthy. Mm. And the majority of people want to get on with life. A lot of people, like the young people, even when the coronavirus was happening and the flights were getting discounted, they were like, guys, I understand there's a pandemic, but I can go to New York for 20 pounds. So I'm going to, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people I feel like young people that. are always going to yeah. take advantage of the opportunity. And I think also people are just a lot more aware of our collective mortality. Mm. we're aware now like more than we ever were before that just one bug one virus can come up and just wipe like cut through the population of humans and mm. there's nothing we can do about it so nothing well on holiday. yeah nothing we can do about it yeah this has been a very interesting time but i miss going out i miss eating out i miss going to the restaurants like now i can think about that stuff i couldn't think about that Spain because I was just thinking I need to get home but now I'm just sitting here I'm just like oh I miss 
I just miss being able to live not thinking that I could possibly get a deadly virus tomorrow. Chances are I'll be f- completely fine right. if I do get the virus, but it's just, do you know, your ba- we're all living with like this massive cloud over our heads. But yeah, I miss eating out so much that I ordered Domino's yesterday and it was delicious. That's fair enough. You're allowed, you know? Yeah. You can you can treat yourself. I miss um, restaurant food. I miss dancing. There's something about being in a club environment, which when you think about it, it's just a way for pandemics and, and viruses to spread. True. But just the feel of when you can feel the bass of the music in your ribs, like bouncing around mm. your ribs, and there's just bodies everywhere touching you. Mm. I don't know what it is about that. When you're just just like just that feeling of just being surrounded by warm bodies yeah it's that, that touch so yeah and just knowing mm. that we're all there having a good time oh my goodness I miss that I miss the buzz I miss the pitter and patter of little children feet on the floor like I just miss it I miss the innocence of the mm. world it's just yeah how did we get here why do we always end up <laughs> in this very sober place this is the stuff that's happening in our lives it would be we would be remiss to ignore it Mm. i do sometimes now sit there and think about all the things that i will do when we're all free Mm. and i just think that i i just need to be a lot more carefree about things absolutely i'm tight yeah me too and i i want (laughs) to it just reminds me of how Tolly T was like do you know what now I regret everything when when we're free she's just gonna bust it open we're all gonna die anyway we're all go- I think that's what this made us all realize we we're all we were all kind of arrogant thinking we had time like oh we have time I, I, I'll have time we'll have time to do this and we'll have time to do that and then the virus is like no actually you don't have time you don't know how long you have so you might as well just live your life in whatever form that that takes for everybody and it also really shows us how we value things and the, the fact that our priorities are often very wrong mm. in that a lot of people think, okay if only I had enough time, then I would be doing X, Y, and Z. And then now people have the time and they're not doing it. And then they're realizing, oh, I didn't prioritize it. Mm. Or people are realizing, oh, do you know what? Let me work hard and let me cancel all of these family holidays and, and birthdays and things like that because I need to work hard and then I can treat people later. And then people are now realizing, actually, your priorities were off. There's no guarantee that there will be a later for you to go see your friends and family. Yeah. What else has happened? I haven't really been on socials. What's been on? What's been happening on there? This is the thing. Nothing is that interesting. I feel like I've had my fill of TikToks. I've had my fill of, you know, of those radio battles and whatnot. Mm. I just feel like not, nothing is going to beat the excitement of when this was the first time that it was happening. Yeah. So then now it just feels like a repeat or that things like when with was it quarantine radio uh-huh. it was so good at the beginning and then once it was later on people were just kind of being like okay we're kind of bored of the concept yeah there's not it's like we're just sort of getting on with life now nothing is as that exciting but i think they're still doing versus thing on um instagram with what's his face ludicrous and nelly but yeah, there's been loads of different battles between different people. Yeah. To try and I'm guessing to try and stay relevant or promote their music or just entertain people. But yeah. 
One thing that's also happened in social media recently is, have you seen people trying to take down Tyra Banks? Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So for those of you who don't know, people have um, basically looked back to older seasons, well, old, all of them are old because the show isn't on anymore, but old seasons of America's Next Top Model. And they basically just picked out really problematic things that Tyra did. Mm. Like Tyra once got people to dress up as the models, to dress up as other races mm. as part of a shoot. There's one instance where this girl had just found out that her friend had died. So they had a coffin shoot mm. where they were filming in a graveyard in coffins and Tyra was like oh yeah she looks so sad but she really brought it to the shoot like she really brought her sadness to the shoot and other just other such instances like that like um there was a model with a gap in her teeth and Tyra was basically like if you want to work if you want to be serious in this industry then you need to change your look like x y and z and then obviously now we have models who are different who are thriving and there's just been loads of debate about whether people should drag Tyra or whether there should be some kind of grace. And if you listen to Charlemagne the God on um, The Breakfast Club, they were talking about this. And Charlemagne said that you'd basically have to drag everyone from the year 2000. Because if you look back, you can find everyone has done problematic things. Do you remember Little Britain? Mm. Where they were doing blackface and wearing fat suits and pretending to be disabled people? Yeah. So it's like, the he said that basically... He said the speed back then was 60 miles per hour. Now that we know better and we are concerned about safety, the speed now is 40 miles per hour. Mm. But you can't go back in time and give people tickets because they were speeding at 60 miles per hour in, in the year 2000. Because he said it's not fair. Yeah. You have to judge people with their standards of like, the standards are, they are this high for now. Is Tyra meeting those standards currently? Yes, she is. So we just have to accept that. What do you think? I think it kind of goes back to the colorism chat we were having, which is that people expect of the people in the past what they do now. So it's like, we know better now, we're woke now, we have the knowledge now. Then we crucify people for not having that same knowledge that we have now back then. I did see the videos, but when I, when I was a child and I used to watch American, did you watch American Next Top Model? Briefly, I wasn't like that invested in it. Yeah, when I did watch American Model, like I watched all, I think I watched basically all the seasons. I really enjoyed it, but I watched it as a child. I watched it as a teenager. So I remember even when, I think it was Audrey that first made a comment about it on the receipts, like way before this happened. She was like, yeah, Tyra was crazy. Tyra used to shave people's heads off for no reason. It was only then that I started to critically look back at the shows that I was watching and think, it's mm. true. Why is it that she would just shave people's heads off? What? Like people would, these girls would cry. These girls would cry. And then she'll send him over from crying. And it's like, yeah, Tyra, you were a bit problematic. I'm not going to lie. What you were doing was very much to feed your own ego. But then also, if you look back at every single reality TV show back in the day, how mad were they? No, no, no. They were all crazy. They were all crazy. And they, and they had, to, I guess they had to be that outrageous for people to, for people to tune in. I just guess the, 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 the standards are a lot different now. I used mm -hmm. to tell people to smize. What the hell is smizing? And then like people used to get <laughs> cut for not smizing. Do you know how many times I tried in the mirror to smize? And I still don't know what the hell. It's smiling with your eyes, yes. But it takes time and effort. And a lot of people, it wasn't a skill that you could actually teach people. But yeah, I did see some of those videos. And Tyra's apology was basically a F you. I don't, I care, but I don't really care. <laughs> because I guess she doesn't. That's the thing. I feel like 
I've not seen the apology video. I didn't know that it was there, but I would, I, I would wish that she would have. It was just oh, was a it? Tweet. Was it just a tweet. Yeah, it was just a tweet. I wish it have at least been like, do you know what? Times have moved on. That was that behavior obviously isn't acceptable now. And these are like, uh, rather than just being like, whatever she said and being. Yeah, it just, it just didn't feel very like sincere, but I'm not a. I wasn't the one to start this crusade, so I'm not looking for an apology from Tyra, to be very honest with you. But, mm. you know, these things happen. And should we really hold people accountable for their actions? Absolutely. But in this day and age, we're going to have to hold every single person accountable. We can't just pick and choose which characters that we don't agree with, because I'm pretty sure maybe even Beyonce has said problematic things in the past. We will never know. We will never know because times are moving and yeah, we just have to accept people for how they are now. And obviously always look back and say, okay, how do I reflect? How do I move on? But yeah, no, Tara is very, she was very problematic in the videos that I saw. I was just like, wow, I didn't know she was this bad, but reality TV was brutal back then. Brutal. I'm still thinking about the fact that like the case of Jade Goody, being told that she has terminal cancer on Big Brother India. Yeah. Reality TV was brutal, 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 brutal. Yeah, I would not. Even now, some of the things that they do now, you're like, ah, but people still do it. I think it's in America where the laws are a bit lax. Mm. You can see from Love Island, because I've only actually probably watched one season, but people have said that in the years that have gone by, they've made certain changes because of certain Ofcom complaints. Mm. Like apparently when people were in Casa Amor, they would show the footage of people cheating in Casa Amor and they've like had to take that out. They've now put like limits on how much they're allowed to drink. I mean, obviously now it's been very publicly known that they have therapists that are on site and like more present and more available to the cast members just like just slight changes like that whereas in when we're watching love is blind jessica was always drunk yeah always drunk enough to feed wine to her dog i think they enjoyed the chaos in america even when you watch shows like oh there's a show on um amazon it's not on amazon but oh do you know that show where they catch people out catfish even a show mm. like that is like how is this show allowed to air obviously they're catching people who are catfishing people but it's like it's so dangerous because oh i've heard that on catfish though apparently the majority of people of on the show the catfishers are the one that contacted the show are you joking because they want clout they want fame that's and I'm guessing that's why worse. they signed this. Because why else would you sign the waiver to say, yes, of course, please show this to the whole world that I have been lying about my identity and I've been tricking this girl for so long or this person for so long. Like, why else would you would you do that? Uh, if if I if Catfish Crew came to my house because I was catfishing some person pretending I was a millionaire blonde, I would not sign anything. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. say I'm calling the law. I'm calling the police. I'm calling my lawyer. You cannot show my image without my permission. You, you just can't. Yeah, that show, I couldn't even watch too much of it because I was like, nah, America's America's crazy. Jerry Springer. <laughs> where people would actually have fights. Did you know there's a version of Jerry Springer where people were allowed to be topless and the women were allowed to be topless and fight? Wow. That show still Maureen goes on. Poet. That show still mm-hmm. goes on. 
Maury Povich seemed like the nicer, sweeter version of Jerry of Springer. Jerry Springer show. Yeah. Just because he was more reserved. He didn't really condone the fighting. But when you really think about it, that old man was sitting there while his camera crew were chasing people around the back of the studio when they were crying because someone wasn't the father. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy Kyle. Jeremy, yeah. I'm glad that show is off air now because it ruined a lot of people's lives. Mm. Because I feel like at least Maury even though his show was so messy, he himself was having the veneer of caring and compassion. Like he never belittled the, the people. No, he the never show. did. He didn't think he it was, was very better much than them character. either. Mm-hmm. And another um, group of people in the American media that are getting their reckoning now is Dr. Phil, who it turns out is not a medical doctor. <laughs> And he's, not a, he's not a medical doctor and he's no he's not licensed to practice psychiatry no he's not he's not so he's he's literally a doctor because he has a phd they people were saying they should change his show name to mr phil because people are now people didn't realize that until he was starting to give commentary mm. on the coronavirus mm. and actual medical doctors were like why is this charlatan talking about it when he's not even a medical doctor and he's not even a therapist and people were like, are you serious? That means that he's been having people on his show giving advice. Apparently he has people on his show sign va- waivers mm. to say that they're not, that, to say that they know that he's not a therapist. They know that he's just giving them advice. Yeah, yeah, no, Dr. Phil is not a doctor. Mr. Phil. He's not a doctor whatsoever. He's just, he's just someone that's just chatting on air. And he's actually, ve- the thing is, Bob, Dr. Phil is still problematic now. Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil is still problematic now. Dr. Phil has people like um, Catch Me Outside. How about that? He has that girl on his show. He has people mm-hmm. like that. He's turned them into... I mean, like you said the last episode, which is that we reward bad behavior. That girl absolutely do. should not have any form of fame that she has right now. But we reward her by you know, following her on Instagram and buying her music and, you know, can basically condoning her behavior. Yeah. But there's so many shows like that. Cause I even remember Jeremy saying, oh yeah, I was an addict and now I've recovered, but he never said it in a way to motivate. It was almost sort, sort, of, sort of like, I did this. Why can't you? Is this Jeremy, Jerry Springer? No, Jeremy Kyle. Oh, right, right, right. And then it turns out Jeremy Kyle was a philanderer as well. So yeah. he was, he should have been doing, you know, lie detector tests on himself. On him, oh, imagine, imagine mm-hmm. pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, but yeah, so there, there, there were lots of reality television shows still going on where people were moving very, very mad. And, you know, now we're seeing it and we're seeing the effects that it probably had on those contestants. Like, even Love Island, I remember the girl, remember the, um, what was her name? The one that was Miss Miss U- Miss Britain, Miss UK. I don't quite remember, but I feel like with Love Island, I think that they should just let the show go because their death toll is now at, at like three people. Yeah, three people. Oh my God, Caroline Flack died this Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, Love Island just needs to go as well. They said that they're bringing it back in 2021. I feel like by that point, nobody's going to care about Love Island. No. Because I'm assuming that Love is Blind season two will be out. <laughs> no. It will, it, <laughs> I think Love is Blind season two will probably come in 2022 because they haven't been able to film. And they need enough time to do the reunion as well. Think about it. 
Unless they do, like, because the Big Brothers were still able to film because the people were already in quarantine. Because mm. they're just in the house in together. In the house together, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they started filming already. No, probably not. They're probably just sliding into people's DMs. Yeah. Mm. I was so surprised that that's how they were casting it. Oh, well. really? Like, not, mm, one of the guys, was it Dominic? Damien, he said that the way that he was cast for the show is that he was on Twinder. Twinder? He was on Tinder. He was chatting with this girl. And then she was like, oh, just so you know, I'm a producer on this show. Would you consider coming on? Oh. Would you mm. go on Love is Blind? We never spoke about Love is Blind. Let's get into it. Would you go on Love is Blind? If there was a way to do it without it going, without it being filmed, I would. Because I, sometimes I think about, would I go on first dates? And I think that my ideal would be to go on first dates and meet someone and have a really good time, but not be interesting enough to go on TV. But that's the thing with first dates. I feel like first, because you, know, you know they have the first dates restaurant. I think it's in Liverpool Street. I think you can go on and not be on TV. Oh, okay. I think you can, but I could be wrong. I know that they allow people to eat there so, because some people want to be extras in the background. Oh, that's uh, maybe that's what it is. But with Love is Blind, the thing is, I do sometimes look at Lauren and Cameron and just think, wow, they seem really, really into each other. And even Amber and um, and Barnett. Mm. But how how likely is that to actually happen? Yeah, I, it's weird. It, yeah. I mean, also the risks of looking mad. Mm. Because if, if there's anything that I've learned from watching Unreal, which is basically um, a drama based on a show like The Bachelor, is that when these producers are casting these shows, they have an image of who's going to, like what your character is going to be. Mm. So they have someone come in and they know this person is going to be the queen bee. They have someone coming in knowing that this person is going to be the villain. Mm. And then they kind of make the cameras get that narrative from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then when you think about people like Jessica, what did Jessica gain from being on Love is Blind? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. She didn't gain anything. The only people that gained were Lauren and Cameron. Mm-hmm. No, Giannina is apparently doing really well on the social media space, along with Damien, who she's supposedly dating by. I was like, mm, I don't really? think so. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> um, and then Amber and Barnett. But Amber and Barnett seem just... Lauren and Cameron... I think because Lauren was already in the social media space, they are going to cash whatever check comes along and they are like on job. Whereas Amber and Barnett seem more like they're just living their regular lives. And every now and then they'll post a picture where they'll just be like, as they are, Mm. where not every post will be sponsored by an elliptical machine or by a popcorn brand Mm -mm -mm. like Lauren and Cameron. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That I think Lauren and Cameron are probably the only couple that are, raking it not raking it in but actually got some level of benefit from being on the show and obviously finding each other um Mm. I wouldn't go on the show personally because yeah I just think it's very it's not artificial but it's it's an interesting concept that you can get to know someone without seeing them because of course there is a level of um comfortability from not seeing someone like you're very Mm. open about things you don't I guess that's a, it's the same thing. Like, do you know when you text people, you don't think about what their facial reaction will be, what 
their response will be you just sort of do it so I guess there's that like getting to know someone with that but then to get engaged to someone it just feels very fast yeah that's how they lose me I think that what I want someone to do is to create a love is blind type like basically to create a blind date experience so that you can sign up for it you say your age you say like you know your profession blah 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 and then they let you into your pods and you like have your snacks and your meals or whatever like someone to make an evening for it and you buy a ticket so like speed dating but blind that yes. I would do yeah oh my god yes you've got it I would do that is this a well. business I think you just <laughs> come up with a business pending <laughs> you need to trademark that because I think people would go because where they mm. lose a lot of people is the engagement nobody wants to get engaged to a random man they don't know yeah I wouldn't and then and then to plan a wedding and then for them to meet my me that I don't even want people to meet my mum unless I know I'm going to marry you like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to embarrass my parents like that my parents would not be on the show my parents would be like Damien's parents and be like yeah no we're not going to meet Jeannie no. yeah yeah no we're not going to go on camera yeah like at Janina and Damien's wedding it was kind of obvious that nothing was going to happen because where is Damien's family who did he have there? <laughs> Two friends that didn't His believe colleagues? in him. <laughs> Two friends that were like, don't get married to her. Yeah. It was crazy. But they were both crazy. They were both crazy. Giannina is so dramatic. Like everything she says just has this inflection of drama. And I just did not understand mm. why she couldn't just be like relaxed just relax everything she just always wanted to fight she always wanted to argue oh yeah but that's the thing with reality tv shows there's always some element of performance in it yeah yeah there's always some element of oh i want to make sure that i get on air because if you think about it there are some couples that were on there that just weren't interesting enough to make the cut Mm, that's true some people want to be a bit more dramatic or a bit more bold and how they come across so that they can make sure that they're going to get airtime. Yeah. I guess I guess it's the producing because you and then I think do these people did this people really go in looking for love? Um I think you can tell that some of them were just looking for a fun experience that a producer contacted them and they were like, mm, "Why not?" Yeah, because that's what I think. I'm like, "Do you know which show that I'm like, okay, yeah, they're definitely going in looking for love. Married at first sight." Because you must be mad to do that kind of show and not be looking for love. Yeah. To, to get married to someone without ever seeing them. They tried it in the UK, it didn't work. And now in the US, I think they're like kind of going on the decline as well. Because they're all getting divorced. Yeah. Only the originals, I think, stay together. But again, I think all of these shows assume that marriage is the ultimate commitment and will somehow make a relationship work but Mm. each of them highlight that it's not like you have to be committed to each other before you add in an extra layer to your relationship i.e an engagement or a marriage like Mm. they all lead from the point oh if you're married to someone then you will be committed into making the relationship work yeah but you're but they do it ask backwards yeah they do they do it backwards but i think it shows that the backwards thing doesn't work yeah you get one or two people mm. there's exceptions to every rule yeah you always get ex- exceptions but it's but you know what you know how like people are like oh when you're married like 
you make more of an effort to want to stay together because it's like a legal commitment and all of that jazz but clearly it's not clearly it's not a big big enough driving force to want to make a relationship work and there's other aspects Mm. as well that are more important no I understand that do you know what though I think that I am more determined to actually put myself out there and date because apparently everyone is going to be out in the streets because nobody wants to be in the next quarantine alone from the next pandemic in May so how are you going to implement this Leah Okay, in my defense, I actually was planning on meeting people and dating before the lockdown happened. Right. In March, I was like, I was like, Leah, you've had two months of messing about. Now I actually start getting your shit together. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, you're in your house and you can't. Okay, I could still do it now and do it over Zoom like I've been talking about. But I don't think I was at that level of desperation that I am at now. <laughs> Hold on a minute, because we spoke yesterday. You went at the level of desperation. What increased no, it? I said, no, at the beginning of the conversation, I said, yeah, I'm not desperate. And then I said, you know what? Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> what increased your desperation? <laughs> uh, I think, okay, do you know, this is going to be so random, but there's this show that I'm watching on Amazon Prime right now called Siren. Siren, okay. And it's basically a show about mermaids. And it's like... I remember seeing people joking on Twitter about how um, when you're a kid, you watch The Little Mermaid. And then when you're a teenager, or not even teenager, like a tween, you watch H2O, just add water. Oh, yeah. And then when you're an adult, you watch Siren. But <laughs> <laughs> um, in Siren, basically, it's a show where this mermaid ends up on land and she gets this connection with this guy but this guy has a girlfriend Mm. but then obviously she falls in love with both of them Mm. and they kind of like all fall in love with each other Mm -hmm. so there are these there are these scenes where they're just like all in bed together and they're just kissing and it's like they're touching and it's like hands obviously it's a show that's i think on the cw or something so there's nothing too explicit or graphic Mm. But just even seeing all of those limbs, I'm just like, oh, I just want one set of limbs. Like, I just <laughs> I'm want- not asking for too much. <laughs> just one, <laughs> just legs, arms, and a head. <laughs> and a torso. <laughs> but sometimes I literally would just watch those scenes with my jaw dropping and just thinking, oh, imagine being in the middle of that. How amazing that must feel. Yeah. Okay. So that's been the catalyst for your now desperation mm. <laughs> let's not call it desperation let's call it curiosity because we're not desperate over mm. here <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 our standards are still People... way higher than desperation <laughs> absolutely as they must always be because if not then you just end up in trouble yeah no another show that we both really really enjoyed and we get we didn't actually just re- we didn't remember to talk about it was unorthodox Oh, Unorthodox was brilliant. As in, I'm not a type of person that watches shows and and recognises good acting, maybe because I'm not in the... Mm. Like, you recognise a good show because of the storyline and the producing and the drama and everything. But that show was, like, one of the first shows that I've watched and I was like, damn, what great acting. I believed everything. Mm-hmm. The level of detail in every single scene was incredible. And then, you know how they did the episode where they basically went through, like, the behind the scenes? Yeah, the fact that they all learned Yiddish. 
No. I was like, you were able to do this in a language that you had to learn. Wow. Okay. Okay. Because I'm just thinking now, if someone made me do a seed in French, I'm like, um, what? Like, how do you begin? How do, like, you must have to really absorb and learn that language in order to be able to say everything with feeling and know what you mean and what you're saying. Yeah, and like, not even think about the language itself. Because me, yeah, I was in Spain learning Spanish and I had to see certain things. It wasn't natural. It was as if I was reading a book. Now, add mm. on top of that, they had to learn the script in Yiddish and then act it out mm. in Yiddish as well. Like, bro, I give my hat to them. I give my clothes to them. I give them all the flowers because they deserve it. It was brilliant. I think I watched it all in one sitting. Same. And it's the fact that it related to everyone because obviously JC, he was talking about how much he related to the main character of Esti. Mm. And I was saying it's because everybody has experienced what it's like to be too afraid to be who you are. Absolutely. Or to like who you are to your family. Yeah. Whatever that whoever you are may be. Mm. But it's like everyone has experienced performing and then just being so tired of performing mm. that you just want to go. Like, I, I feel like this is what happens to people when they're growing up and they're like, do you know what? I'm so tired of this. And then when you go to university... And you're like, oh my gosh, I can just be myself and no one will, you know? You wouldn't get scolded for it. Yeah. This is like, and then that, like, not even, it's not even an accurate example, but just a glimpse of like how we've all felt that. Mm. And it was like, regardless of religion, gender, people can relate to that feeling of just being like, please just let me be. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, re- I, I, I didn't relate. I couldn't relate in terms of obviously like religion and and um living in a in a host not necessarily but it was hostile for her because she couldn't really be herself she mm-hmm. couldn't really just say I don't want to have short hair I want to sing in a different language about love because they weren't even allowed to do that I think it for me it was just an interesting insight into culture and how culture can consume communities more than humanity and you know what I mean like they cared more about preserving their culture than actually preserving the people and what the people were feeling and how they were navigating life and Mm. stuff like that so because this is actually a very very real story like it happens a lot in the community in America and it reminded me of a documentary it's called One of Us I don't know if you've seen it no, not yet. Yeah, and it, it's about people as well who wanted to leave their community as well. And they, it just seemed to depict that accurately, despite it just being a television show. It seemed to depict all the different levels of that happenings. And I, re- yeah, it was, it was interesting. And then also just the love story. I just, oh, it's one of those things where I was talking to JC about how the reason that we give Yankee so much grace is because the actor is attractive. And if the actor wasn't attractive, then we'd be like, what a prick. Mm, yeah. But you can tell that he genuinely, that Yankee genuinely loves Esty. Like when he cut his hair and was like, will you be with me now? That I honestly, I was just bawling my eyes out at that moment. Yeah. And it just, it just showed how incompatible they are. It's the fact that she does not believe in those rules and he absolutely does yeah like he never he he believed it without question yeah 
Yeah. And then he tried to bend himself into something for her. And she was just like, no. Oh, honestly, that was so heartbreaking. I honestly, I was literally trying to work out in my brain a way that for them to end up together because you can tell that he loves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that she loves him. Mm. Yeah. But it's just not going, they just can't be themselves with each other. Yeah. I think the greatest thing I learned from unorthodox is the importance of choosing yourself despite somebody changing themselves for you choosing yourself in the face of adversity takes so much strength imagine how much strength it took her to say no even to this guy like you said who proper proper trusted like believed in this way of life believed in the in the way that he was brought up and didn't question it at all even for him to cut his hair and for her to still be like no I choose myself I choose myself because being with you still comes with restrictions. It still comes with me having to adopt this lifestyle of a wife or, or whatever else that, that, you know, is encompassed with Yannick, sorry, Yankee. And she, she probably saw, she probably could foresee like a life that she was going to have with her kids and stuff. But when I actually read the story of the lady who the show is loosely based on she got back together with her husband oh and they like ran away together or something like that and then they divorced and he went back to the community and she still has her son and stuff like that so yeah like they actually they left together it wasn't it wasn't like she left alone they actually left together and they did really love each other as well it's also when you think about how young she is she's like 18 she was young she was very, very mm. young, very, very young to have been living that kind of life or to be making those type of decisions, like to be making decisions mm. that would potentially, imp- what well, she thought she would potentially affect the rest of her life. Actually did mm. because she was leaving what she was familiar with her whole life behind. When her grandma hung up on her. Oh, that made I me cry. Thought, oh my God. That made me cry. Yeah, that made I me just, cry. And then also just just the way that the her mother-in-law was so involved in in even her and Yankee's sexual relationship as in her and that moment where she was so sick and tired of her grandma, not of her grandma, of her mother-in-law interfering that she literally laid there and told Yankee to just do it. Like even though she was experiencing vaginismus and pain, she literally just told Yankee do it just so that he could say that he'd done it mm. and I was just like, oh my gosh, the pressure of having another person in your marriage. Yeah. And it just shows like there was a lot of re-education that needed to happen. Like everybody was blaming her for him not being able to have sex with her. Mm. And it's like, have you taught him about pleasure? Have you taught him about you know, have you spoken to him about how he needs to arouse his wife? Have you have you tried to teach him about what to do? No, everything you're saying is to her and for her to realise that she's doing something wrong. And it's just, I think it angered me more than anything, which is like, we're at an age now where it's so easy to find information about these types of things. But that's the thing, that community didn't have access to the internet yeah they had close phones so he'd never seen the only time that he saw the smartphone was when he was in the back of the car in berlin yeah oh yeah and then he asked that woman yeah what she likes and stuff like that Mm. yeah oh that was another moment where i was like yankee just wants to yankee's just clueless yeah yeah. absolutely clueless about 
the world, about women, about his wife. Which is why she had to leave him. She couldn't stay mm. with him. She she wanted too much. She aspired for way more than he was able to give her. So, and the thing is, because his life is based on those teachings, and like you said, he truly believed in those teachings. Yes, in the moment, it was beautiful to see him try to break out mold but eventually he was going to return back to that mold and she mm. could probably foresee that i'm really worried about a season two is there going to be a season two i've not heard anything i don't think there's there needs to be one that's the thing i'm like i'm like just leave it but then at the same time i'm like oh i want to know how she deals with being a single mom because she's you know she's 18 she didn't go through the abortion right no 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 she's gonna she's gonna keep the baby i guess so I'm just like, part of me is curious to know, but I, at the same time, I'm just like, if you can't top it, please leave it alone. <laughs> I'm not interested in a season two. I feel like I got everything mm. I needed from that season. Yeah. Like I can pretty much guess what happened. Do you know some stories are just best left unsaid? Like, mm. well, like what's going to happen? Because they're going to have to, they can't just center the season two on her life. We're going to have to see what happens to Yankee then. We're going to have to see what happens with her mom. She's going to have to have, characters and we don't need it i am not interested in another season but no that was brilliant i watched it in one seating i and then i watched it i watched the behind the scenes and just the level of detail oh my goodness was incredible that wedding scene the extras in the background and the wedding scene and how they had a man who was actually from that community mm. Forming, I'm like, this is what it's. This is what it means, guys. When when it comes to like representing a community, get someone from that from community. From that community, yeah. I had that guy there on, like he was. He played a role. I think he played the role of a rabbi, um, in the show. But he was there advising on the scripts. Mm-hmm. Like he translated. Yeah, it because into he spoke Yiddish. Yeah, and it was a particular dialect of Yiddish. Mm-hmm. It was like Yiddish if you were living in New York at that time mm. and he also advised on the costumes and all of this that, and the other and it's like when you're when you're representing a group of people get someone from there to help like to guide and they really really did that I think it shows the importance of research and mm. like I know you haven't seen Line of Duty you probably won't in this time but that's why I really enjoyed Line of Duty because you could see that it wasn't just it wasn't just people in a room dreaming up about a police drama. It was, you could tell that they've spoken to detectives. You could tell that they've, they've been, there probably was even inside an interrogation room making notes as to how to replay it for the show. Like, it's just the level of, like, just the small, intricate stuff that you don't even imagine unless you're in that situation is brought to life mm. on the show. But yeah, no, it was very, very, very good. I highly recommend Orthodox. It's a short watch. It's inspiring. It's beautifully written, beautifully acted out. Honestly, they all deserve some level of award. Honestly, SD most especially because she played her role very, very well. And um, yeah, Netflix doing what Netflix does. doing so well and one thing that i'm also looking forward to is little fires everywhere it's going to come on amazon prime soon Mm. and the reason i'm mentioning it is because reese witherspoon has been doing such a great job of adapting books into films and tv series 
but basically it all started out because um her roles were drying up and because she was in, what in late 30s 40s and roles and stuff weren't coming in so she said you know what screw it she loved reading so she decided to option these books and make them herself so she did big little lies of which I've watched season one. I need to start watching season two. And then now there's little fires everywhere, which is going to be an Amazon Prime. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I haven't read the book, so I have no idea what that's about. I've not read the book either. I have it because I think I bought it on Amazon for like three pounds. I have it, but I'm just, I just, I, I trust, I trust Reese Witherspoon's judgment when it comes to these shows because she's done enough of them where people have been applauding them. Mm. I'm not really heard bad reviews. Yeah, Reese is doing the deed, man. Uh, there's no show that I've like that I'm like actively looking forward to, but I'm not. I don't research shows. I just watch them when they land. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just have to see when they come on and if I find them interesting or not. I'm also looking forward to Succession season two. Have you seen Succession? No, I haven't. I absolutely recommend that show. It is brutal. It is basically like. It, I'm, I'm assuming it is based on like Rupert Murdoch. Oh, really? And how he owns this media conglomerate. And it's basically about the infighting of this media family's children as they try to overthrow their father. Oh, wow. He's still in power though. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rupert is. But like, it's basically, it's, it's basically based on that kind of dynamic. Oh, yeah. I, mm. I, I saw a podcast episode with the awards chatter with the, mm. with the, creator of succession i'm yet to listen but yeah let me see i don't know where do you watch it on this one i'm gonna have to watch illegally online because it's not it's no longer on sky go uh. and it, i think it's now on, now on now tv or something like that and this is what i'm just like can people stop can people actually stop creating streaming services now because it's pissing me off yeah no it's too much we can't pay there's no point of paying for all these streaming services like I might as well just just get Sky again. Let's just pay for individual channels because there's no point of paying for all of them if different shows are going to be in different places anyway. Absolutely. You know what I'm really excited about? Netflix got the rights for the Real Housewives franchise. <laughs> I honestly, I am gagging for it. I am like I can't wait for Beverly Hills to land. I've watched it all, but I'm going to watch it again because. Is it really that entertaining? It's so entertaining. It's just like, it's the perfect type of TV. I'm surprised you're not into it, but it's like the perfect type of TV where nothing really happens, but it's just like drama upon drama. Like you don't have to pay attention. Mm. You just have to like, you don't even have to do anything. It's just in the background and they just fight and they throw champagne on each other. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like the violent ones. Like I don't like love and hip hop or bad girls club where they actually fight each other. I like because they kind of remind me of the life I want to live without the drama. Oh, right, right. So it's like ladies who lunch, ladies who go... Is it like Desperate Housewives? Yeah, but like... But like, like slightly ghetto. Yeah, yeah, like slightly ghetto, like just a little bit and like some realness, but it's not really... It's literally like women who who have parties, who have galas and who complain about how much money they don't have, but they're really rich. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's, an, it's an insight into the life that I wish I had. 
Like, uh, mm. uh, not because a lot of these women, it's not even always their husbands that's rich. It's like they're very successful as well in the businesses that they do. Like I remember, so the Beverly Hills one has Camille Grammer. She's Kelsey's grandma's ex-wife. And like, it was following the drama when Kelsey cheated on her with another woman, like had an affair and got married. Wow. And like, piece her life back together. But it's like weird seeing Camille Grammer on bloody TV. And then you had Adrian Malouf and she owns like a basketball team. She owns the Palms in Las Vegas. And she's like super duper rich. And just seeing like how she navigates life with her husband and their kids. See, I agree with Wendy that with the kind of wealth that you're describing, it just shows, like Wendy always talks about how it's not enough for people to be rich. People want fame as well. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And because they don't have like other entertaining talents, they will go on shows like Housewives. Yeah, yeah, no, it's basically a show for rich women that want to be famous. Basically the best way to describe it. Like they have so wow. much money, they have nothing else to do with, the, and with their time but to be on a show and just bicker. They just bicker <laughs> all the time. And it's hilarious to watch. Like Atlanta is used to be the best but then now the storyline is a bit messy so they're not the best anymore. i think beverly hills was really good new york oh my god i used to love new york with this countess that decided to be an overnight um music star and used to get upset that people didn't come to her music show because she can't sing like it's just so, it's just it's just she was a countess but she wasn't even a real countess and like there was a whole season where people were trying to figure out is she even a real countess she was like yes I'm a countess because I was married to a count and then they found out he wasn't even a count and it was like how are you a countess (laughs) (laughs) do you know what let her rebrand and just live her life yeah so yeah I'm really excited Real Housewives is coming back just because I'm in need of just some just some drama but not drama like real drama just some stupid petty drama with some beautiful houses in the backdrop gorgeous food lovely holidays and let's go no I get that my mom is still waiting for me to buy her a house in Beverly Hills I pray you get rich Leah (laughs) I pray I pray I pray that you get rich because those houses are expensive Amen. But that's the thing. I don't even think that I would want, like, I maybe might buy her a house and just leave her there in Beverly Hills. But I'm just, it, you know, just places that don't have, like, the best reputation for if you want, like, a peaceful life. Yeah. Uh, maybe there are neighborhoods, though, where people aren't on housewives and they're just chilling and being, <laughs> being quiet. Being quiet. And rich in their house. Yeah. There's even neighborhoods, obviously, like, if you want to live that life, that, buff life yes i think it is better to go to america just for the environment but if you want like decadent houses there are some gorgeous neighborhoods in the uk as well like Mm. gated and everything like houses that you've just not they're not even on the market you have to know the right agent to get you to those type of places not you Mm. right move like nah 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 none of them things there Honestly, like, because I remember one time me and my friend Anastasia, we went running through the Web Estate in Surrey because mm. it's not that far from where we live. And there's this TikTok that someone made about how, um, about how 
they basically just made this thing up, made a story up about how, what they were going to do, their plan was that they were going to go running in a rich neighborhood. And that what they do is that they'll run so often that they'll end up bumping into the jogging group. So then the ladies have to befriend her. So then they'll start inviting her to stuff. And then she'll start dating within their rich circle. And then she'll get a husband. And then she'll siphon away money. And then she'll leave him. And then she'll go to another neighborhood and start running in that neighborhood. And I was like, <laughs> Anastasia, we should have kept running in the web estate. <laughs> You saw the TikTok too late. <laughs> it's not too late to go back. Your desperation is reached. Peak note. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not too late to go back. It's not too late to go back. <laughs> that was my plan. When I was younger, I used to watch Made in Chelsea. I was like, no, nah, me too. I want to live this life, man. I need to get myself to Chelsea somehow. But then you get to Chelsea and you realize Chelsea is a story of two halves. Like you literally have one half where there's just an insane amount of wealth. And then on the other half, it's just extreme poverty. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. So I was like, maybe not Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the air pollution living in zone one London or like zone. I think any of the first four zones, poison in the air, everywhere. Well, Consistently going above the legal limits. Leah, are you just jealous? You're not in Central. Uh, I think that I would want to be in Central for a bit. But then other than that, I'm like, one day you're going to come to my house and we're going to go hiking and we're going to go sneak onto the Surrey Golf Course. And then you're going to... You're going to enjoy Zone 6 life. Zone 6 life. <laughs> I've seen um video. It does pretty it does look really pretty to just have a to just have like an endless view of grass mm. and trees and bushes sounds amazing like the view from your house is always super super amazing to me that's another thing that's been happening because of quarantine is that we're seeing the insiders people's houses and seeing their back gardens on zoom and on social media and like all of this i think there's such house envy that's happening at the moment mm. i think on the guardian that they said that there's no longer classes in the uk there's those with gardens and those without yeah and remember when when rochelle humes posted a picture of her kids in the back garden people were reporting her to the police because they thought she was in the park and that was her garden yeah, yeah yeah there was another person that they reported and he was like no guys i was just in my garden mm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm rich <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry i don't live in central london and they actually have land where i'm from <laughs> no. like you're just like I, I think people this is another thing this is just because i'm just like oh, london is actually overrated in terms of property value but which everyone knows but people are just like oh why is this person living in hertfordshire and then you see that they have like a 25 bedroom house in hertfordshire for the price of a flat in london and you're mm. like oh okay i'll make my sense. mouth shut then yeah Makes sense. Now yeah. I understand why you have a field in your garden. <laughs> As you were. <laughs> As you were. No, for me, like I've 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 I'm a hundred percent sure my final destination is not London. It just does not make sense. It does not make sense to spend a million pounds on a house that doesn't even like it just doesn't compare, Leah. Mm. it doesn't compare because I, I was thinking about like if I was infinitely rich would I live in central London I was thinking but I would still have to I wouldn't be able to open my windows because if I was actually concerned about my health I would have to put filters over every air source yeah it's not worth it and, like, mm. and in central you're never going to have a big garden like that 
and you want outside space, especially in the UK mm. where we don't get sun for like most of the year. You probably want an indoor pool or an, or an underground pool that you comes up in the summer. Like, you know, there's certain things that you want to do. You can't do it in London. You can, but you it will literally cost you your arm, your leg, your head and maybe half of your heart. Mm. And then is it really <laughs> and then is it really worth it? I don't think so. But yeah. No, my the future is not London for me. I love London and I love like the city life, but I think you can definitely find a small city in the UK and still get all the benefits of like being able to go to a city centre. And when I think about central London, I'm like, nobody needs four Zaras within a square mile. No, we don't. It's a waste (laughs) of space. Like, the more I think about it, the more it's like, why do we need more than one of one shop in one street? Like, why? Why do we need three Primarchs? There's two massive Primarchs on Oxford Street. It makes no sense to me. And they sell the same goods. (laughs) Why? Sometimes you, you get lost and you're just literally like, oh, I am. Um, if you just go down that road, um, just walk past seven Zaras, then turn into that road and walk past three TGI Fridays, and then <laughs> and then on the and corner. then go to an <laughs> Okay, and then walk past it too. Okay, then turn on Wasabi and then pass that Leon. Like just, it's they just all too have, much. All the roads are the same things. It's just too much. It's just too much. It's too much, and and it's like you're never to all of those things like do you know when people are like oh there must be so much to do in London yeah if you have money because (laughs) the travel alone travel alone is a lot if you're if you're you're having to somewhere to sleep and you're traveling from a to b then you are not going to be able to do all of these depending on your salary but the majority of people you're not going to be able to do up and down living that made in Chelsea life you're not going to be brunching nope all that often you can brunch once every two months because you've saved up for it <laughs> but this <laughs> this glamorous glamorous because you know like everybody's like i guess in our age group and stuff the the salary goal to begin with is like oh 30k or 35k when you do the maths after tax is no better than somebody earning 27 28 pounds yeah and i think that our generation has a really warped sense of what is realistic for people i think yeah. because we grew up on social media i think a lot of people are flexing yeah and if i if someone was to actually investigate i think a lot of people are in debt they have to be there's no other way <laughs> there's no other way they're living these because, lives yeah or they're doing fraud because i'm just like it, it just the standards like how on twitter i've heard that people will be like oh, if you're not a millionaire by 25 then what are you doing or, or just ridiculous standards like that mm. and how there will be younger and younger people like sometimes even just in the way that they dress, I'm just like, okay, so how is it that you're 19 covered in drip with a lace front and you've got acrylics on and you've got a designer handbag? How has that happened? Yeah, I don't know. I always say this to you, like, are we the same 24 year olds as the 24 year olds? Well, we're not 24 yet, but are we the same 23 year olds as the 23 years we'll see on Instagram? Because I can't afford some of the clothes that these people wear. And then it makes me think like, like what am I what am I doing wrong how is it that I can't look Mm. that good am I maybe I don't save enough maybe I need to get up my savings but then no I'm not even earning enough to save enough to buy those type of clothes I think there's a lot of performance going on I think there's a lot of people buying stuff pictures and sending it back and I think Klarna is the worst thing that was ever created Klarna why are you buying clothes with money you don't have 
honestly i even struggle with this with my credit card like like i got into a pattern of i think it was like three or four months in a row of like i would buy stuff knowing that i would pay for it with next month's paycheck Mm. but you knew you had next month's paycheck coming in but still it was a bad habit because it meant that with that month's paycheck it was lower always just clearing it was always clearing debt yeah and i was just like you know what i made myself just wait 30 days so that i could enjoy buying something without clearing Clearing debt debt, yeah it's like if you just waited Mm. i'm the same leah like i was the same when i was still using my credit card like when i see at least with your credit card you have an idea of like the interest rate and all of that jazz but when i see klana i'm like klana how are people because it means you're literally just shopping with money you don't have you know sometimes you do mm. impulse buys like you might see a jeans in zara and you like it you're like okay cool, i'll put it on my credit card or you might go to supermarket and buy a little bit more than you were expecting to but it's like if you go on a shopping website like pretty little thing or boohoo and do a mass shopping with money you don't have it just seems it just seems reckless to me yeah it's like how far can you go with that it's because you'll be able to convince yourself i'm not doing that much damage because i only have to pay six pounds a month with asos and 10 pounds a month with pretty little thing and 12 pounds a month with zara when in reality you owe like five hundred thousand pounds yeah like with us we have a limit we know our limit is 1,500 or 1,000 or 3,000 or 4,000 pounds with Klarna is there a limit you could just keep buying and they only give you three months interest free some people don't have jobs for three months and then how are they going to pay you I just think it's so reckless I went into New Look the other time before I you know went to Spain and stuff the girl was offering me a credit card I said me you went to every you looked at everyone in the supermarket I approached me I'm not your candidate. <laughs> I said, mm. She said, yeah, I'm just going around it. I've been told I have to go around to all the young people and offer them this credit card. And I was like, now New Look are offering credit cards. Mm-hmm. Like it reminds me of Sophia Amaruso who created Nasty Girl and then obviously now Girl Boss Radio and her Girl Boss Empire. She was saying that what ruined her credit score was getting a Victoria's Secret credit card to buy a Victoria's Secret bar. She says she only bought one bra. There was like $28 on it. But because she moved a dress and she she wasn't getting the notices to pay, it wrecked her credit because it was like years. And then that way she had to like pay back the years and years of interest. Because you don't, you don't think about it. It's associated with a a company. It's not a bank. So because it's not, you, you probably don't even think it's a credit card. You're just like, oh yeah, I'm just using this to pay and then we'll see what happens in the end. But yeah, this was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We went all over the place. Yeah. All right, guys. I hope you've enjoyed our little round around like we always do. I'm so happy to be back in the UK recording R2 Pence with Leah again. Feel free to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at R2 Pence. That's O U R, the number two P E N C E on both Instagram and Twitter. I can't believe I forgot how to spell. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) We've been talking for a while. anyway anyway we hope you're staying safe and staying home i've been vivian and i've been leah we will see you guys in two weeks time (laughs) have a great time bye Bye.